We're back. This is the Bushman Podcast, Gakawa Radio. We go way, way, way beyond the most spot. People stay in the building. I'm so fired up, man. Listen. Listen, man. I know I haven't been around. And I, I, it's just my environment has changed so much in terms of when I when I do the podcast. I, I'm doing it out of my home. You got to understand, I'm married. And sometimes it's just good to get out of the house sometimes. So when my pod, when I do my pod, man, this was, was my my outlet that was like my one night to hang out with, with the boys in the park and the studio was just like my own personal barbershop with just you know we just talking sports all right so anyway i'm getting used to this new normal i'm just trying to get used to the new normal and the new normal is not having sports you know what i'm saying and, and then like it's nothing wrong with that it's there is there are so many great sports stories and memories that we can reminisce about and arguments that we can have over the next 18 months, really. It might get boring, but even still, we got to think about the long-term effects of everything that's going on regarding the coronavirus and how it impacts and how infectious it is. And and the fact that just look at how it operates and how it attacks crowds of people in, in one setting. So, like, and, and not just crowds of people, people who remain in the same setting for over extended period of time. So let's say like nursing homes, prisons, let's, you know, uh, 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 these type of facilities, these type of uh, 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 outlet places are where, you know, you have small congested places of, 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 of people providing services or, you know, and in the prison case, it's the same way. I mean, there's still, there, uh, you know, uh, you still have, you know, people who are being locked up for their crimes, but you have other people who are also in the, in those facilities who are there to, you know, monitor the situation. So when I hear the NBA, the NFL, MLB, all talk on, all talk about how they need to rush back into playing sports, and I'm asking myself, where, where is the data? That, that says that this is a good idea and putting, you know, massive amount of teams in, in like one or two, three locations. Because we're not just talking about three or four teams. We're talking about putting like, you know, 12 teams in in, in Arizona or Las Vegas, <clears throat> excuse me, or, you know, eight teams in Florida. You know, they're talking about housing the entire league in three or four cities. And the NFL is a little bit different. I think they're talking about playing games in actual stadiums where they, but even still, 
the the whole narrative of a locker room when nursing homes are going I, i'm saying i'm i'm talking about the dynamic of density between ratio of people in space and you can only have so much space within those confines. I understand these facilities aren't like nursing homes, but what I'm saying is that you still have a large contingency of people in a small amount of space. And they're constantly interacting throughout the throughout of the course of the day. I don't know where the data is come, coming from. I, I don't know why the NFL, the NBA, MLB, doesn't have their head of medicine, their head of virus infection, their, their head of, of, of science and technology. Why don't have why don't they have that person as the spokesperson for when the leaks or why is it coming out to because of Adam Silver or, or Roger Goodell or even LeBron James? And I, you know, I'm for the athlete, but why should LeBron have a real say in this? I mean his I mean his his opinion should matter to a certain degree. The athletes have, have a say. The owners definitely should have a say. The league executives should have a say. But none of them are, are specialists in science and virus con con uh, control. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of them are specialists in, like, infection control. Oh, this is Blitzmag Press. This is the Blitzmag Podcast. Got one radio. We go, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to stay in the building. Yes, I'm back. I just jumped right in. Yo, Jay. Where you at, baby? Two. Fox. You know what I'm saying? This is all so new to me, just doing it in the crib. Yo, beats will be done by kill. Always can catch me on Twitter, Blitzmack Press. That's what it is. I stay anonymous. Been rocking the mask two years before the mask been hot. Yo, so my whole point of everything that I just ran down was, what's the fucking rush to get back into playing sports? And, I, and you're not talking to someone who doesn't love the game as much as any of you guys. You know what I'm saying? And I try to attack it from multiple different angles. And I know there's a need for sports, but there are so many great memories in sports. There are so many great games in sports that we, we, we forgot a lot of greatness. We've actually forgot a lot. I don't understand how ESPN, Fox, um, all these different networks claiming that they don't have content. There are so many amazing games. There are so many amazing games and sporting events. There, there aren't just, just nuggets. No, there are amazing. You, you have over 40 years of amazing content. Go find them. Go find that great game where Bo Jackson hit, you know, three home runs. Like, go find that game. Replay that game. Talk about those memories. Actually build it. Like, you can do production around games and really tell the game and tell a different story or, or, or tell the story. Have Bo Jackson talk about what he was feeling during that time. Like you can do so much different shit than what you're doing right now. Complaining and trying to force sports down people's throats and you don't understand a fucking virus. When people do not understand what the virus is and I'm not talking like a fanatic, what I'm talking about is somebody who just think everybody should take a, a fucking breath. And I hate cursing on my podcast I, that's not what i do here i try not to be just a, 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 a you know I, I try to talk with some semblance of intelligence and accuracy and with, with some with some theory involved but theory that can be based upon fact but right here i'm just saying that where is the nfl the nba mlb getting their data saying that they can house a large number of people in isolated places and it's not going to break out 
when all the data saying that that's exactly what's going to happen. I just don't understand. I just don't know. Okay, I, okay, so what they're saying is that if we test every day, then we know that the people who get it, we can isolate them immediately. I get it. I get it. I, I, I totally understand. So they got a testing regimen. And, and listen, I understand. Lots of money involved. I just don't want us to, to press the, the pedal on this to under to to create a sense of normalcy beyond what's really going on. Now if the athletes are being like civil and social servants and they can work it out within they feel comfortable and work in a work environment, I think that's what it's coming down to. If if the athletes and the players but see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, I'm not sorry. The athletes and the owners, if they can come to a working agreement, but see, that's where I, th- I think someone a little bit higher should supersede that. And I'm not talking about the, trust me, I'm not talking about the White House. I'm, I'm talking about someone, some group or some organization. Like it has to get some type of seal of approval from at least one or two in- infectious groups and saying like, hey, and I'm pretty sure they're going through all, you know, uh, 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 the protocols on what is going, what is going to take, but it just seems like it's just moving way too fast, and then you're giving people a false sense of hope when you really don't know, and and if you force people, and if you force this down the throats of the athletes, or if the, even if the athletes, sometimes you got to protect the athletes from themselves. Sometimes you just got to take the loss, yo. Like that's what it just feels like to me. Like the, 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 no one wants to take, the, no one wants to eat, eat the loss. And I get it. All these guys are ultra competitive guys, from the last athlete on the bench to the owner. Like these, like they want to make their money. Like they want to make their money. Like nobody want to take the L. The networks, nobody want to take the L. It's like we gotta figure this out. But when we're talking about putting lives at risk, like. Like something crazy, like just imagine if something crazy, like, you know, 5% of the league became infected over a three week span. Like that would be like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this shit. I mean, the positive is, okay, they got through a whole entire, you know, summer with like, let's say two infections and they dealt with them like an injury and, and they just moved, don't, listen. Their pros and cons and all of this. I just believe that it disappears. This is from the way I see it. Sports was at pretty much a standstill halt about three weeks ago and say, hey, we're going to figure this thing out. And then the White House calls a meeting with all these sports executives. You know, none of them all <clears throat> pretty much, and I talked about this on my podcast, all white men, no representation from zero players union, Right, no representation from zero infectious control CDC. Uh, no scientists there. No, it was about somehow figuring out a way to get sports back up again. And ever since then, there has been this mass exodus rush to to infuse sports back into the uh, 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 the normalcy of that everything is okay with the country. See, that's the problem I got with this is that it's, it's like the NBA actually took a leadership role in saying when one of their players 
that's when they shut everything down. When it went, it was when Silver made that decision. Now, you would think that the NBA is going to take the same approach, but it seems like the White House is playing on everyone's urgency to get back on the court, to play the game, to make the money. Instead of a point of leadership where the where the science is saying that's not the right thing to do at this stage. Like you don't hear any infectious control expert come on television and say it's a smart thing for leagues to start back up again. You don't hear it. I, I don't know why if, if it's such a great idea for the NBA to start back up again in the in the house themselves in multiple locations, whatever. If it's such a great idea, have an expert explain why and how it's going to be done. You know, have an expert <clears throat> come out and explain why and how it's going to be done. And I know, I know what some people say. Well, if they can figure out how work in Walmart and, and to work in supermarkets and things like that, you know, why not the NBA? Like, why not the NFL? I get it. I get it. Like, why should anybody stop working? You know what I'm saying? So why should anyone? I'm just saying is, is that, you know, sports is not working in Walmart. It's, it's just not. It's different. There's blood. There's sweat. There's virus all over the place. There's coughing. There's spitting. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little bit. It's just a little bit different. And that's just the nature of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of touching, rubbing, breathing, airspace. You know, injury. I mean, it's just, it's just a, it's just a different animal. Like it's, you know, like having, like the, the, the whole idea of having a UFC fight after one of the fighters tested positive just seems like, it just seemed, it just felt wrong to me. It just felt like it was just a straight money, money grab. I could be totally wrong with this. Uh, you know, I mean, Dana White to me is a little bit, you know. He's sketchy, and I'm I'm not gonna knock his hustle. He made a he made a brilliant investment. He's a he's an amazing spokesman for the UFC. I just think his morals are, you know, on left field sometimes. And it's about you know the bottom line is about the show must go on. And I listen respect I respect the grind. I just think like like sometimes you gotta supersede morality. Gotta supersede shit, man. Humanity has to supersede shit. I just don't understand. I understand LeBron. Like, he wants to play. Guys who ball is, they want to play. So they feel as though, like, athletes are a different breed of people anyway. Like, they think they can run through a brick wall. Most of them do. You know what I mean? But you're telling athletes, you got to isolate themselves from their families because you don't want your family involved, involved. And it's like you're making this decision to provide for your family. For your family, and you're doing it almost like a public service. I mean, even though the money is going to be a little bit different because of you know, you know, you know the basketball-related revenue, and we're going to talk about the MLB and some, and some of that. But you know, you know, the money could be different. But you know, you're making this sacrifice now almost as, as a public service to 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 your community, the country, and to the fact that you want to still make make a, a decent living. But you don't want to put your family involved. I, I would assume it'd be total isolation. Like I don't, I don't even know if that's even healthy mentally. Like, like, like you know, what I mean, you're gonna isolate players every day, and like, how are they? 
I guess they'd be able to interact with each other, other if they're constantly being tested. It's like being in a family. It's like it's like being in a house with, with like you and your wife or it, it, and your kids. It's like you know, it's, it's everything cool in here. This sounds risky, man. This sounds like it's just a little bit too early. It's a little bit too early. I don't know why they just couldn't just wait for some a little bit more testing. I mean, it's not like the numbers are going down on this thing. You got 85,000 deaths. You got over 1.5 million people infected. You know what I mean? You got a 30 million people out of work. And I'm not saying we shouldn't worry about millionaires and playing basketball and having something for people to feed off of. But I also think that there should be some semblance of humanity involved and just be less reckless in our desire to get back to normal again. You know? I just think that everything now is being pushed down our throat and people just aren't, aren't, aren't comfortable yet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, like, I don't see none of the owners saying there's like, like, are the players going to wear masks on the field? Are they required? Like, there's going to be a tons of requirements that I think that the NBA, the NFL, and I and I hope they have the real experts. I know the NBA had relationships with China. I mean, deep relationships with China. Also understand that Yao Ming is putting in protocols for Chinese Basketball Association. I'm almost certain there's gonna be some elements of coordination of, of between the two. Now, one of the biggest topics is that the testing between, well, why should NBA players get tests and the NFL and blah, 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 blah. Like, here's the deal, you, you have to, Throw those shots at your federal government. That is not the problem of the NBA or the NFL, any other sports league. And this is the reason why. Because that's how the White House mandated it. They didn't set any type of federal guidelines, any type of protocols for the people. They pretty much said, hey, everyone is on their own. And any company actually tests. If you do a urine test, set up, you know. So... It doesn't really make a difference. You know, the way the White House sees is that it's not a federal problem. If these are issues for your company, for your business, for your operation, go out and buy yourself some tests. Hire some doctors. You make the investment. Just so happens the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, you know, the NHL, <clears throat> they have the resources to make that kind of investment for their for their comp for their companies, for their organizations. You know what I'm saying? Like they have those resources. So if the NBA wants to go to South Korea because they have a great relationship and buy a million tests, and we're gonna test our guys three times a day, and we're gonna set this new standard. I mean, this might be the new standard for Olympic style testing. They wanna hire VADA. And they wanna say, hey, if the NBA say, hey, we wanna have VADA do all of our test tests. VADA is recognized as the premier you know, doping <clears throat> testing organization on the planet. If you want to hire Vada and say, hey, Vada's going to do all the testing for the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, it, <clears throat> but at least there is a strategy involved. At least there is a strategy involved. And, and that's the strategy. But I would like for a scientist or someone in medicine or someone in, in you know, you know, virus control, infectious, infectious control, to come out and speak on behalf of the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, and say that, and say that these ideas make sense and they are safe. Because you just had Dr. Fauci come out 
this week and say that the NFL starting up in the fall is the worst possible thing, like for, for a massive outbreak. The worst possible thing, like that's what he said. So if, if Fauci is coming out making these comments, why is the NFL acting like there's going to be a normal season? It's the worst possible thing to play a sport, an outdoor sport fall. That's what he said. So, like, it's just, people always try to say that sports and politics don't mix, shut up and dribble. Everything that is, that is going on right now not everything, but a, a key piece that is going on right now to get people to think that shit is normal is trying to force sports down your throat. If you if you're watching the game, if you can if you can sit in your house, kick your feet up and watch the game, even if you can't hit up that bar, but but you still have that drink in your hand, or or, or you can still see your kid and watch that game, you think shit is okay. You say, you know what? I got my sports. Life ain't that bad. That's how much I mean, we're talking about all different types of sports fans. So we're talking about the collective. If you can get if you can get the the whole entire sports world, right, to come back into the mix, even if they don't go out and they just can see their athletes perform, right? People are gonna think that you know what, life ain't that bad. I'm I'm okay. And it would it would bring a sense of normalcy to like <clears throat> a, a sense of normalcy to this whole virus thing. That's what the government is technically trying to do. He's coming on TV every day telling you that everything is cool. What better way to make you feel, you know, better about your life than watching LeBron James play in the NBA Finals? What better way to make you think that everything is okay seeing kickoff in September? Knowing that the virus is still hot, the virus is still popping. Like you, like they want to make you think that it's okay. So now, if you see, if you go out and you're watching LeBron play basketball, you're going out and seeing Brady throw the football. You're watching, you know, uh, 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 you know Mike Trout play an MLB game, and it looks great on TV. Now you're starting to go out. You know what? I need listen. Things are things aren't as bad as they look. That's the whole point of this. The the, uh, the point is that the motives to get the guys back on the field, to get the guys back on the court. Where is that coming from? The motive is coming from the top. It's coming from the White House. This is how, this is how countries like China and fucking Russia works. It's the same shit. It's just disguised as something else. It's the same thing, yo. They had a secret meeting where there were no black people, no players associations involved. They had nothing involved. They got it with the federations and say, hey, listen, you got to get, get these guys back on the court, back on the field, right? Because we have to make this shit look normal because it's not going to get no fucking better. So they better get used to it. And the way to get used to it is by watching y'all. It's by watching football. It's by watching LeBron. It's by watching... Mike Trout, that's how you get normalized with this thing. That's the fastest way to do it. The next fastest way is religion. I got that covered too. We're going to tell all of us that you don't need to worry about the coronavirus. All you need to do is believe in God and bang. So if you got sports and religion, you, you control the whole damn South. <sighs> Trust me. 
And that's what it's really all about. It's all about, this is all about normalizing crazy. And they're using sports as a ploy to do it. And I don't, and this is what I don't understand. Is why people aren't really calling it out. Like ESPN is acting like they're dying for sports. Why? You got over 45 years of content. Find the best fucking games over the last 10 years and replay them joints and, and build narratives around those stories. Have the kids on, the kids are mesmerized by Jordan because you know what? They never seen him play. Show a whole fucking game. Who owns the rights to that joint? Show the game. You know, put some HD on that joint. Put a, a, a clean screen of paint on it. Have Jordan do a talk about his great, like, do they actually get in? Yo, I don't understand it. You have Florida and Arizona. You know, opening, welcoming, openly welcoming sports events. Like, yeah, just come on in. Yeah, it's cool. So what's your plan to keep them safe? Oh, I don't know. Seriously. If the NBA and the NFL or any team, any player, should, should, should immediately go to the state of Arizona and Florida and say, okay, we're going to come. What are you going to do to keep us safe? What's your plan? We, we, we may have a plan, but we want to make sure that, that you actually have a plan. If you are inviting us to your state, what are you going to do to keep us safe here? What's your plan to keep us safe? <laughs> You're just welcome to come. Like, like, what is this? Again, sports in the middle of politics. Shut up and dribble. These are the same jokers that tell people to shut up and dribble. And look how they're manipulating the system. They, use, they are using the athlete's desire to make a living. And the owner desire to make billions and millions. To sacrifice people's stability or to sacrifice people's, you know, belief system to make people understand or think or believe that shit is normal. When shit ain't normal. Shit ain't normal, man. This shit is drenched in just recklessness and greed. I don't understand why. I know the NBA, I know teams, listen, they got to do the contingency planning. But I don't see why there was just such a mass rush after the meeting to get people on the field. And then right after that, the White House narrative was, we got to reopen. We got to reopen. We got to reopen. Now the NBA, we got to start the season. MLB, we got to play. That's why the players associated for MLB, they hold up. Okay, we got to play. Now y'all asking us to, um, you know, work out a salary cap. There's no salary cap in our drink. Like, this is the owner's, like, this, the, the, the MLB players are saying, like, this is not really an owner's, a player's problem. This is an owner's problem. This is an owner's problem. Y'all need to figure out how y'all going to divvy up, up the bread. Y'all already know how our thing works. Now, if y'all want to say, hey, we're going to take a 10% pay cut, blah, 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 because things, things are tight. That's fine. That's fine. But coming up with a 50-50 split of revenues? Oh, we don't even play that game. Y'all figure out how y'all gonna spend, you know, how much y'all gotta make. And then 
Y'all just pay us whatever our contracts say y'all owe us. That's real simple. If there is no salary cap. You know, they got a lot of cool things, but you know, 82 games, you're going to bring back the DH and, you know, 14 teams in the playoffs. All those things sound awesome. They sound great. But what's the, but who are you going to get from the medical and infectious side to say that this is okay and how are you going to execute it? What's the safest way of making it happen? Are you going to South Korea? Do you have, I'm pretty sure MLB have people in South Korea right now watching how they do this. They have to. They have to. They have to. And this is what I'm saying. Like the same way the NBA with China, the MLB has these type of relationships with South with South Korea. You know, because of their, you know, love for baseball there. So um I'm pretty sure that the that the MLB are taking tips for how it needs to be done. But even still, it still feels very forced. It still feels very forced. And I still haven't heard one expert come out and say, hey, this is the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do. I I just haven't heard anyone come out and literally say that this is the right thing for sports leagues to do right now. I I just don't want to see a bad thing get worse. And every time, like, things get fucking worse, man. Like, this hasn't been a good run for us over the last three years. Like, people keep saying it can't get worse. It can't. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Like, this is one of the few times where things has actually gotten a lot worse. If you think about it from four years ago to right now, think about yourself where you was at four years ago and think about where you're you're at right now. Right now. I mean, it's worse. There's no doubt about that. I don't care what side you're on. You can't say that that shit ain't worse. Because you had your sports. You had your movies. You can go out to a bar. You you can hang out. And guess what? Your H1N1, it was around. Ebola never came here. Stuff never came here. When It was so guaranteed. People were so paranoid about the Ebola virus. It never touched U.S. soil. I think only a very, very few cases. And it was immediately identified and contained. Immediately identified and contained. I remember when Ebola first came out, people were shaking to death. Now we got this. And these are, I mean, these are the facts. And it's funny. It's funny how... All we used to hear from a political standpoint was Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. Take nothing away from those American soldiers, from those four American soldiers that lost their lives. Take nothing away from their families, their honorable men, I'm assuming. You know what I mean? They made the ultimate sacrifice. However, you got 85,000 innocent American citizens that's also died. And where's the outrage? Where's the frustration? Where's the outrage on Congress? Where's the outrage amongst the people? You still have people thinking that, you know, this guy is okay. That this government is moving in the right direction. 
you, you have 1.5 million people are infected. However, there is no talk of impeachment to be re-impeached. Again, he's already been impeached once. They can put it on the Senate floor and let the senators tell the people that what this man is doing is right. Impeach his ass again and put it on the Senate floor. Make the senators get on the floor and tell the people that everything's okay. While we're all in that fucking Senate, we're all in that fucking Senate floor sitting around in masks and gloves and doing it from their homes and all that. Make them do that in front of everybody and tell people that everything is okay. They couldn't even argue it. You, why is everything, or is that, if everything's okay, then why are you doing it from your house? If everything's okay, then why are we around here in masks? If everything's okay, then why are we in gloves? If everything's okay, then why are two million people infected? If everything's okay, then why do we have a hundred million deaths? I mean, I don't understand it. Why, if, every, if everything's okay, why are we predicting another outbreak in the fall? Put it on the center floor. Impeach his ass again. Impeach his ass again. You got plenty of time to do it. It's seven months. You know how much damage you can do to a country in seven months? Look what happened in three months. Look what happened in three months. In three months, we went from thinking everything was cool on New Year's Day to Kobe passing away to the, corona, to the coronavirus. And now everybody's in the house. It was like boom, boom, boom. And now everything's changed pretty much forever. Forever. Your life has been altered forever. It's no, even if it's minor, even if it's as minor as taking off your shoes at the airport, it doesn't matter. Your life has been altered forever. It wasn't preventable. Who knows? But did they try to prevent it? Absolutely not. I can see if you put all the steps in place and did everything that you can do, you have experts all around, around the world and said what the United States is, is currently doing is an embarrassment. It's not just people on CNN or MSNBC. You have infectious leaders all around the world saying it. All around the world. All around the world. Just, just researching. Saying what the United States are doing regarding the coronavirus is criminal criminal and they say it's sad because they were the ones the cdc when it was created was the ones who went around the world and trained everybody how to do it i i don't understand why the 25th amendment is never talked about i don't understand why medicare for all isn't talked about how are you gonna have have 30 million people lose their jobs and you have a you have a pandemic and you have almost you have one almost 1.5 million people infected and you're not even offering health care you're not even putting that on on the floor it's not even being discussed all right but you want athletes to go out and play you want people to be resentful of these guys because no one has shit now but these guys are still making a living it looks like they're making money all right like come on now you be, and you're going to play them on both sides. You already have a, an Illinois governor talking about the players need, they need to take a pay cut and for and do it for the people. Like, oh, what about the owners? You know, the owners, 
you know, I tell you, the MLB, ML, like the NBA, the, the whole concept of, of a draft is is just inconceivable in the workplace. You know what I'm saying? But it's, that is a collectively bargained, you know, agreement or, you know, point inside of a contract. Technically, there is no such thing. as Like, Apple cannot draft someone out of college. You hire, they can... They can offer you a job. They can't draft you to Apple. They can't draft you to Microsoft or draft you to Merrill Lynch or Barclay Bank or some shit like that. No one can draft your ass. You know what I'm saying? It's all kind of <clears throat> antitrust violations in that. In that, so you they got a whole antitrust agreement to be able to do these things. And the draft for all these leagues makes plenty of money. It helps them control salaries and players. People always say sports isn't right in the center. Politics, but somehow I will always see is right there. Outrageous. All right, I'm not even done. I should be done, and I'm not even done yet because yo, Jay, where you at, man? I need Jay, I, I need AJ, dog. I just need AJ to calm me down, man. He'd be like, Wait, man, you do too political. But you don't need listen, though. We got Gene Clemens coming up. Football game plan. All right. I'm not feeling well because let me just keep it real with you, man. And this doesn't really have a ton to do about sports, but it actually does. I'm going to tie it up real quick. Real easy, actually. <clears throat> Ahmaud Arbery, Deshaun Reed, Breonna Taylor have all been murdered either by cops or civilians in the last, you know, Three months, and this is these are just the names that that we know. We probably many more of us that are being hunted down and, and, and slaughtered. Now, when we talk about this White House and how this White House is encouraging sports to come back, people forget that. These same athletes come from the same communities that are being terrorized every single day. The athletes that they are dying to push back on the field for your, for your personal enjoyment in those communities where these athletes actually live and their moms and dads raise these people, raise these kids, where they actually are from, those communities are being terrorized, which means that any one of those potential athletes, any one of those athletes could be dead. Any one of those person's mothers could have been terrorized. That's what that means. And media, the league tries to candy coat these relationships between law enforcement and the black athlete. And it's very infuriating it's very infuriating like enough with the handshaking shit if you're going to advocate for black rights if you're going to advocate for social justice you best do it with an angry fucking face because they're going around killing people on purpose and I'm going to tell you why this government has has emboldened Psychopaths, extremists, white supremacists to terrorize people. 
And he's almost giving them immediate impunity. Why is he doing this? Because we had this as an election year. And I'm not going no wild conspiracy theories. I'm just doing the math on this. They have been over the last three years, really for the last 30 years, but it's been very accelerated over the last three years. Voter suppression, terrorizing people, threatening people's civil rights, threatening people's citizenship, threatening people with violence, going to state buildings with guns, machine guns. These are all threatening tactics to get people not to vote. These are all threatening tactics that are determined to disenfranchise people of color. That's what this is for. And it's not just for show. What he's telling everybody is that they will kill y'all. They are here to, sh these, are, these are guns are not for show. They will kill, they will shoot. We have seen this type of violence inside of a church. We have seen this kind of violence at, at, at supermarkets. We have seen this kind of violence inside subway stations. We have seen this type of violence all over the country. It doesn't matter if it's coming from a police officer or it's coming from a, uh, a civilian. These men have been emboldened to shoot whenever feel threatened. Even if they feel threatened or not, it does not matter. This is all about intimidation. They don't want us to vote. They don't want, they don't classify us as citizens. And if you don't vote, you're not a citizen. That's how it works. That's how this shit works. That's how they view it. If you do not vote, you are not a citizen. If they can disenfranchise your votes, they can say, Mr. Spain, you haven't voted in, in, in 12 years, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you're not really a citizen in this country. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to terrorize the citizenship out of you and normalize it and say it's okay. Like, it took 72 days for these men to go to jail. I don't even want to say their names. 72 days. And who says they're going to jail? They've just been charged. They may say, we're we, we going to wait until this blow over. Breonna Taylor. Cop storms in her house. Looking for the wrong person. Murders her. This is all about intimidation and terrorism. And you have the people inside the White House saying that it's okay. There's some good people out there. I need to see the tape. Maybe maybe the video doesn't tell the whole entire story. That's giving somebody a pass for murder. I mean, listen. Where's the All Lives Matter people at, at now? I mean, where are they? I thought all lives matter. I'm not even talking black lives matter. All lives matter. I want the, where are the all lives matter people at? I don't even want to hear from the black lives matter. I want all lives matter. You know what I'm saying? You don't hear from them. It's all a fraud. It's all a facade. All this shit is about whiteness. That's what this is about. If you want to get into the dirty griminess of the whole concept of this country, they can say it's about economic anxiety, or they can kind of like state they, they want to say it's about Democrats and liberals and progressives. No, no, no. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It has nothing to do with any of those things. All those things are just an insult to our intelligence. It just is. It just is. Stop it. Just stop it. It's about preserving the idea of whiteness. If white people 
if people truly believe, this is not white, this is not about white white people. It's, it's people who believes in this white supremacist ideal. If you truly believe in capitalism, then why aren't you willing to bet your ability against someone else's? Because you don't believe in it. Because you don't believe in it. That's the whole point of it. You don't believe in those things. They don't believe in these things. They don't believe in these things. They believe in terrorism. They believe in imperialism. They believe in apartheid. They believe in suppression. They believe in oppression. They believe in oligarchy. They, I mean, like, that's the only way. Like, you, there's no other way. If you honestly believe in capitalism, then you believe that everybody should have, have a chance to make money on its own merit. You don't need a head start. They're liars, yo. They're liars. All of them. These guys come on TV every day and they lie. They, every day. These, like, it's, it's just, a, it's just, it's just an abomination that no one, no politician comes on TV and talk about the 25th Amendment. Not a single one. No politician comes on TV now and talk about impeachment. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. People are dying every day. And the whole point of this is that they're trying to normalize. They are trying to normalize life to live with an infectious virus by having athletes go out there and put their lives and their families at risk. It just, just, it, it, you know what I mean? It just speaks of just complacency. It's just, it's just reeks of fascism, yo. It just reeks of just a fascist mind state. You really have people thinking that this guy is doing a good, good job. You even have Google. You even have Google shutting down the, all their diversity pro programs or even rolling their diversity programs back because they don't want to appear to be anti-conservative. Can you imagine Google? Google that has all of our fucking data wants to be now. They don't want to perceive as, you know, diverse they don't want to have diverse data, so now they can screw your data. They can make it look like black people aren't doing shit. They can make it seem like ah, Latinos are, 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 are lazy. Google has a, has the fucking right to say they don't want to be seen as diverse, and they control all of our fucking data, and I'm cursing again, and I was doing such a good job. Oh, my gosh. Like, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about, yo. Black people... Here's the positive. Black people, people of color, what the coronavirus has done to a certain degree is it has created an opportunity to find new streams of in income and become even more creative in the digital space. And with that, if we learn how to maneuver more efficiently in the VR era, the AI era, the blockchain era, if we can learn how, how to adjust in real time, we should be okay. But we need to act fast. And we, we need to act fast. The fact that the system is chaotic as we see it now is gives us a chance while everybody is trying to reset the playing field for us to make our slight move and grab 
a little piece that we may see that's available to us. But overall, from a, a political standpoint, from a systematic standpoint, from an athletic and you know competitive standpoint via sports, this whole thing has been an ultimate shit show and, and disaster. And it's all started because there has been zero leadership at the top. And we know where that's at. Leading it up to leagues and organizations and companies to make their own decisions on science is extremely reckless. Not having a national approach and trying to force normalcy down the throats of the people and using the black athlete and the black body as a vessel to promote that message is just utterly disgusting. That's all I got to say. This is the Blitzman Podcast, Gakwa Radio. We go way, way, way down. What's this, my people? Stay in the building. Anyway, want to get my last thing out. Shout out to Don Shula. He passed away. I did not know that Don Shula had an 86% winning percentage out of the 328 wins. I mean, that's crazy. That is crazy. He won damn near 70% of his games. I remember when Don Sewell was pretty much forced out, and I'm thinking that he was like an over-the-hill coach. Like his last three or four seasons, he still won like 70% of his games. Like he had like an eight and eight season mixed in there, and he had like 12 and four and nine and seven. It's like his time to roll. Like what? <laughs> it was crazy. Hold on, I'm gonna tell you right now. I got I got the math right here. Hold, 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 hold. Hold up. So Don Shula's last five seasons. He went eight and eight, eleven and five, nine and seven, ten and six, nine and seven. That's not over the hill. Like that would keep somebody like in the day's game, really, if he made the playoffs a few those years, like he gets an extension. Fucking Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid, man. You get an extension with that jump. They literally pushed Don Shula out of the door. I remember when I was a kid. They literally pushed Don Schiller out of the door. And everybody's like, yo, why are you treating Don like that? I'm like, and they're like, because he's over the hill. And I'm looking at his record now. And I'm thinking like, no, nah. like, no, no, no. Maybe he just wanted to fall back. I think he wanted to fall back because it was just so much heat on him. But it really shouldn't have been. It really shouldn't, shouldn't have been. It really shouldn't have been. I mean, it was way too much heat on Don Schiller at the end of his career. They was trying to call him washed. They were trying to say Don was finished. All right, my last point of the day. And um, before we jump into, you know, Gene Clemens, is uh, it kind of stems back. And I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm gonna save. I'm really going to save most of my talk about the last dance until it's until it's over. So I'm not going to go so deep into the last dance. But I do want to talk about LeBron James. And Le- LeBron came out and made a, a uh, significant quote. And made a significant quote about the murders of a man, Arbery. And he put it on his Twitter account. And, you know, of course it, got, it gets, you know, um, you know, millions of hits. Millions of likes. And, you know, to me, the difference in being, so I, my whole thing is, I think LeBron is the, I think LeBron is the king, right? And I call Jordan a goat. And so 
I think you can have the GOAT. I think Jordan can be the greatest of all time. But I think LeBron can be the king. And the reason why I say LeBron is the king and not necessarily, you know, LeBron, LeBron is the king because the, a king always have a position. The greatest of all time, you might be great at something, but you may just be a dude who's just so focused on your own personal greatness that you lose perspective. And that's okay. I'm not going to knock you as a person because that's who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like that's you know that's you know that's okay. But when LeBron comes out and speaks about Ahmad oh, like Aubrey, he takes a position. Like that's what a king would do. That's what you know someone who actually is aware of what's going on around him will do and would say. And I'm not oblivious to what's going on. I'm not being, and it's not because this is not a knock on Jordan. This is that. This is what makes LeBron what he is and how he uses his his platform differently. And think about it. If, if, if Jordan didn't use his platform the way he did, LeBron wouldn't have the opportunity to do it the way he's doing it now. That's the whole point. Jordan made the sacrifice. I'm pretty sure there was times in Jordan's life where he was like, yo, I really need to, you know what I mean? I, I should say something. And someone probably said, yo, Mike, it's not worth it. Tell me what you're going to gain. How is going to make, like, how is going to make, improve your life? How is it going to make this thing better? You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm pretty sure that person wasn't thinking about how Mike was laying down the groundwork for someone like LeBron to make these kind of calls. But he did. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan made the sacrifice for LeBron. Jordan kept his mouth shut. Jordan became so, and you know what? They say, Mike, if you want to be the greatest, you got to be laser focused at, you know what I mean? And not that they told him, but Mike made that decision for himself. And that's why he's the GOAT. That's why your lasting impression, I'm not going to get too often, your lasting impression of Mike is being a win, is winning, making a last shot, putting that fist up in the air. Like you knew. Whereas LeBron, to me, never forgets about his position and what it means and his platform and how he's viewed and, and you know and how his positions impacts you know perception and that's good and that's what kings do. Kings have a position; they are not positionless. And that's why LeBron is the king and Jordan's the ghost. This is the Blitzman Podcast, Gawkaway Radio. We go way, way, way down. What's the song? People stay in the building. I'm not finished. I said I was finished, but I'm not finished. I got to talk about this. I cannot go without talking about this. I cannot go without talking about this. I cannot go without talking about this. I just cannot go without talking about this. Tyson is talking about coming back. Let's go, Mike. I'm ready for all the Tyson smoke. I'm ready for all the Tyson Shannon Briggs smoke. I'm ready for that fight. I'm ready for Tyson the challenge like Wilder. I'm ready for Tyson the challenge Tyson Fury. I'm ready for Tyson the challenge Anthony, uh, Anthony Joshua. I'm ready for Tyson the challenge any heavyweight. I'm ready for all the Tyson smoke. I'm ready for all the Tyson smoke. I'm ready for it. 
I'm just loving gray hair Mike Tyson at the age of what? What, 50? At the age of 50? Trying to compete at the heavyweight level? I'm, I'm just ready. I'm just ready for it. I'm just ready for all that smoke. I don't care who is up against. I, I like in the exhibition would be would make the most sense. But if it's not the exhibition, if it's the real fucking thing, let's make it happen. I, I, I really don't even care. I really don't even care. I'm so ready for the Tyson smoke. And if it has to happen, I gotta get my boxing guys back on here. But listen, before I go, I gotta tell you that Tyson. Hitting the pads, looking ferocious, being like the old Iron Mike, being thick. He looks like Wolverine, yo. He literally looks like Wolverine. Short, stocky, with boxing gloves. Instead, he got those, you know, the anime on calls. Instead, he got the calls, he got the gloves on. And he looks like Wolverine. He looks like old man Logan. Old man Tyson in the ring? Come on, man. We need this. Yo, two, we did it again. This is the Bushman Podcast, Gawkwood Radio. We go way, 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 man. Yo, two, we did it again. Jay, where you at? All beats done by kill. Yo, this is the Bushman Podcast, Gawkwood Radio. We go way, 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 way beyond whistle. I got two things to say. You better hustle hard or hustle your ass home. This is the Bushman Podcast, Gawkwood Radio. We go way, 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 way beyond whistle. See you next week. See, I'm always fucking up. See you next week. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation. Yeah.